0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فلما جاءهم موسى بآياتنا بينات قالوا ما هذا إلا سحر مفترى وما سمعنا بهذا في آبائنا الأولين فأوقدني يا هامان على الطين فاجعل لي صرحا لعلي أطلع إلى إله موسى وإني لأظنه من الكاذبين واستكبره وجنوده في الأرض بغير الحق why a umelkia matila yun sorun? What barna humphi ha the hid dunya lana? Why a umelkia matti humminel makabu hi so the colour. So, shall I with the translation of these ayats? Just to uh, pick up where we left off. um there was a, because of the vacation season, there was significantly less crowd last week. So um, maybe I will just quickly review. In the week before last week, we had come to the point in the story of Musa and Sha'ib where Musa had made a promise to Sha'ib that, okay, I will stay with you for 8 years or 10 years uh, to serve and allah subhanahu wa taala had made this um this um, course for musa as-Salam to stay in under the um, guardianship of guidance of mentoring of shuaib as-Salam to prepare him for uh, the task and mission of prophethood shuaib salam, being a senior prophet being the khatib al anbiya salam, having the unique um, SubhanAllah virtue that many of his statements have uh, been narrated in the Quran and many of his statements of Shu'aib Alayhi Salaam are until today repeated often in common speech uh, in the Arabic language for example uh, his statement illa billah," that whatever guidance I have it is only from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala this is a statement of Shu'aib Alayhi likewise when he was being taunted by the people, he said, which is right before that. I only want reformation. My only intent is to reform. So that is why he was given the title of Khatibul Anbiya, the great speaker and orator of the Anbiya So Musa he spent, uh, he made this promise. This is where it was. Um, so this is the last I, uh, from before. Uh, Whatever of the two periods I, uh, I fulfilled, eight or ten years, then there is no blame upon me. and Allah is the witness uh, of, of, for what we are saying. So Allah ta'ala is always witnessing uh, whatever, we saying, whatever we are saying, whatever we are speaking. Whenever we speak a single word comes out from our mouth it is being recorded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the angels. But we reaffirm this reality uh, to uh, remind ourselves and not to falsify facts, not to lie, uh, but rather to ensure that we remain honest and fulfill the promise you're making. That is why we repeat this. And this is the essence of swearing by the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we take an oath in the court, when you're giving testimony or otherwise, we are reminding ourselves that allah is watching allah is listening and allah is recording and allah will replay the recording on the day of judgment so we better not lie um, then the ayat goes this is the first ayah the period so the question was uh, did he do 8 or 10 so Sayyidina abdullah bin abbas narrates that the anbiya al musallam they always go above and beyond the requirement so he he fulfilled 10 years not uh, you know less than 8 which would be shortcutting it uh, cutting it short and uh, would be a, a deficiency, would be mutaffifin destruction upon those who do not fulfill their contractual obligations uh, he did not do that, he went above and beyond so then when he was traveling with his wife Sarabi he saw the fire, we talked about how they got lost and they were cold and uh, his wife was uh, pregnant and they were in difficulty, he found the fire and he told his wife wait I see the fire Perhaps I will get some news Or a burning ember So you can warm yourselves And then Of course we spend more time on this We're not going to repeat the whole thing But we're just going over the translation at this point point. And then he came and he, was, he heard the sound The voice coming Remember the bush Bright green bush is burning and it's not still remaining green and he was shocked looking what's going on here how come it's so bright and green and at the same time engulfed in flames and he was amazed by that sight and then he heard the voice في البقعة المباركة in the blessed ground. How did it become blessed? This shows us that any piece of earth in which a good deed occurs by virtue of that good deed that earth becomes blessed. So here uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was conferring prophethood to Musa alayhi salam by virtue of this uh, speech with Musa alayhi salam this piece of earth became blessed SubhanAllah, so the more sajdahs are performed on a piece of earth, the more uh, acts of worship are done in any place, that place can become blessed. So the masajid are blessed, Because this is where the ibadah of Allah is done. In the houses of Allah, the names of Allah is taken, the dhikr of Allah is done. wal In the mornings and evenings, all the time. So, if we do ibadah in our homes, talaaw of the Quran in our homes, our homes will become blessed. Why not? The said, "Do not make your homes like graveyards." Ali "In Hadith, uh, because um, just like the amal come to an end, and there is no opportunity to do good deeds once a person enters his grave. Yes, there sadaqah jariyah, the reward can come from uh, others, from your pious children, but you cannot do a good deed anymore." So that is the city of the dead. Which one? Maqabir, graveyards. So do not make your homes like graveyards where no good deeds are happening. Uh, but make them alive with ibadah, with dhikr. The sunnah mu'akkada was also performed by Rasulullah ﷺ at, at home. Later on, because of our laziness, we go home and we get distracted. Then the scholar said, okay, you know, instead of missing it out altogether or potentially missing it out, you can perform it in the masjid. Otherwise the sunnah mu'akkada, Rasulullah wasallam would perform it at home. Uh, so wherever the good deeds are done There is a barakah that comes فِي الْبُقَعَةِ الْمُبَارَكَ مِنَ الشَّدْرَةِ أَيَّا مُوسَىٰ إِنِّي أَنَ أل اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ Verily I am Allah, Lord of the worlds So Allah Ta'ala spoke to Musa السلام, As he has only directly spoken to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam In Mi'raj and Musa Karimullah The other Anbiya, the, he came He uh, came uh, the other ways of wahi Through Jibreel Or directly inspiring in their hearts But here there was a direct communication And Allah Ta'ala told him to throw his staff And he was afraid We talked about the yaqeen And correcting of his yaqeen That nothing can harm Nothing can benefit besides Allah Allah Ta'ala told him Come forward Do not be afraid Then Allah Ta'ala told him Usluk fi Put your hand on your side It will come out It will be shining This is another sign this is another sign to Fir'aun and his leaders. Then, when he was tasked with this mission to go and invite Fir'aun alone against the entire army kingdom of Fir'aun, قال رَبِّ إني قتلت منهم نفسا. Oh my Lord, I have killed one of them, so I'm afraid they may kill me. This was his human feeling. He was afraid. He did not. There was not intentional homicide. It was an accidental death that had happened in the past. And then he asked for his brother to support him. And my brother Harun, is more eloquent than me in speech. So we talked about the fact that speaking eloquently, speaking uh, um, in an effective manner, preparing one's thoughts is not contrary to da'wah, uh, but rather it is in it is maqsood, There is an objective, right? So sometimes, you know, um, people take things out of context. Yes, you know, uh, it's true that if a person is just focused on presentation, just focused on style, and my words should sound fancy, I should have good diction choice of words, and uh, I need to impress the audience with, uh, my, uh, with my grasp of the language, and my ability to speak, right? If that becomes the objective, then of course we have lost the plot, and that amal uh, is mardoot. So because of that, initially, some of the akabir, the effort of da'wah, for example, they would say that, you know, it's not, uh not not um subhanallah don't focus so much on your presentation or you know uh, just in, you know uh being so obsessed with sounding intelligent or sounding uh educated um uh, but rather it it, it is the fikr in your heart that has to be conveyed right have the fikr uh, and the concern for the guidance of humanity so that is where it started from which is absolutely correct. But then what happens in certain conditions, certain scenarios, things go uh, start off correct, but then they become misinterpreted over time. So this misinterpretation has gone so far that people actively, um, sometimes in the effort of da'wah, we see that the people uh, downplay, uh, preparing one's thoughts. It's gotten so bad. That they'll say that, you know, if you put your thoughts down on a piece of paper and try to formulate an, uh, an effective speech so that it's a coherent message, it has introduction, a body, and a conclusion, they'll say that, you know, why are you doing this? You know, dil se baat nikalna right? baaton se baatein wujud mein aati hai amal se amal zinda hota hai So just you're worried about talks, there's nothing. The position of speech in the effort of da'wah is like that of the tongue in the body. So it's so small, it's not important, this is statement. Whereas the Rasulullah said exactly, yeah, the tongue is small, but it's a jirmuhu sagheer and jirmuhu kabir. It's very small, but its impact is very large. So even if you go back to that example, and you say, oh, position of speaking in da'wah is like that, at this tongue in the body, then, uh, the, yeah, the position of tongue in the body is a very big position. And it's very, very impactful. So um, this is something that is... Matlub and desirable And something that uh, that speaking coherently is important Yes, along with ikhlas, for sure Okay, in fact, let's put ikhlas first Ikhlas is first and having the intention of uh, uh, rectifying oneself and others, and having the concern that is deen, right? Is this important? How can 100% of the deen be revived and 100% of the ummah? And uh, right? this is important. Every individual is responsible for the guidance of the whole of humanity, and the whole of humanity is responsible for the guidance of every individual. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that. You, 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 you speak haphazardly and then that is actually desirable that means you're not focused on the words; you're only focused on the meaning no, that's not the case because over here what he's saying here is he's presenting it as an attribute which is part, uh, which is in his resume that deserves for him to become what? a prophet and a prophet is the biggest da'i ever he says وَأَفْصَحُ مِنِّي لِسَانٍ and he can speak clearly right? so we talked about fasaha and balagha Fasaha is to speak clearly uh, and balagha is to speak effectively so um, So if you speak in such a manner it's clear, people understand what you're saying, that's called Fasaha. And if you speak in an effective manner that is uh, impacting people's hearts because what you are saying is in accordance with uh, the setting, the the situation and the people, and So is the occasion. You speak according to the occasion, you're not talking about ahkam of talaq at a nikah, nor are you talking about uh, the bliss of marriage at a janazah, right? So you talk according to the occasion, and you talk according to the people. Kalimun nasa ala qadri Speak to people according to the level of their intelligence. So if you speak at a very basic level to an educated crowd, that's insulting their intelligence. If you speak at a very, very high level to a less educated crowd, that's insulting their intelligence. That, hey, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So, therefore, you're stupid. Is that what you're trying to prove? Or you're so dumb, I had to dumb it down so much for you. Either way, you're insulting people's intelligence. But rather, you should speak at the level of the people. So, all of that is. Allah Ta'ala says, speak to people with balagha. So, it's a command. And over here, it's fasaha. So, both of these things are important. So, he says that send, some, send my brother Harun, who is fasih, who is a very eloquent. Uh, and we have Fasih with us here today as well, mashallah. So, Fasih, wa afsahum mini lisan. Farasilum ma'ay akhafu an afraid they may reject me. So, then again, we covered this last week. But there were very, very few here, as I said. Like a small percentage of your people were here. We will strengthen you with your arm. You will become your right arm with your brother and we will give you such power insha'Allah فَلَا إليكما, They will not be able to reach you. Allah Ta'ala promised Musa السلام, Don't be afraid أنتما ومن اتبعكما الغارمون. You and whoever follows you, you will be the victorious ones. You will win at the end insha'Allah So this is how far we have gotten. So this is where, Alhamdulillah, the new one starts, Bismillah Ayah number 36 so then Musa alayhis When he came to them Bi ayatina along with our signs So every ayah of the Quran Ayah is a sign Every single verse of the Quran Is an ayah A sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The verses of uh, of uh, of the Torah As well as The verses, the signs The miracles that he brought All of them are ayat Bi ayatina Bayyinatin Which were very very clear Right Very uh, very obvious signs ma illa They said Oh this is but Nothing but Forged magic. Sihr is magic. Sahir is a magician. Mashur is the one who is afflicted by magic. Muftaran, it is something which has been forged, made up. So, the thing is, it's a, it's some, there are natural things and then there are supernatural things. There are things that are normal and then they're paranormal. There are things that we can understand and there are things beyond our understanding. So, when this is something beyond understanding, uh, instead of attributing it to Allah and saying that this is a sign from Allah, this is a mu'ajizah, a true miracle, then uh, they cannot explain it away through physical laws so then they said, oh this must be some type of magic which is the opposite side. Things that are uh, subhanallah, happening that are not according to the normal laws of physics if it happens in the hand of a Nabi it's called a mujizah. if it happens in the hand of a Wali it's called a Karama but if it happens on the hand of one who is uh, invoking shaitan and worshipping the devils and doing sins to, to uh, gain the power from shaitan all right. Uh, this is something that Allah Ta'ala has given this ability event- at the end of the day, but through the wrong means then this is sihr, this is magic and, um, and then this is called istidraj like Allah Ta'ala will give, the pinnacle of this black magic and super uh, paranormal and um, behavior and uh, control and experiences will be in the form of dajjal that's the worst example of it, where you control the weather and bring dead people back to life and life, you know, killing a live person is perhaps not as difficult but bringing the dead one back to life is a bit more challenging. You'll be able to do those things uh, and this would be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a test. So then they said, oh it's all Sihar Muftara. So this is a very very typical response of the people of the past whenever they were shown miracles. It's right in front of their eyes, um, and the one ayah that always comes to my mind when I think about this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Subhanallah, He just says that yeah, not one ayah, a couple of different ayahs come to mind um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says if I reveal from the heavens a book and it's physical it's a very physical fiqir uh, taasin it comes in a paper down from the skies, it's a heavenly book it's not just ayat that Nabi sallallahu wa is reciting uh, it's a book. Such um, says that Allah Taala says that you know how physical it is. Fala masuhu bi so that they can even grasp it with their hands. They can hold on to it. You know, touch and feel. One is like you go to a zoo and you just see the animals, and one is like a petting zoo. You touch it, right? So just hakul like you feel it. It's real. Feel it. It's real. It's not uh, you know something imaginary or fake. What are they gonna say? Oh no, this is some black magic. Another ayah that comes to mind is um, if Allah Allah ta'ala says that okay, all of these things in the heavens that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Rasulullah went in the Miraj and he came and show, and showed you and he tells you about it, guess what? All of you can go on Mi'raj. Really? Yes. It's in the Quran. فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَابًا مِنَ If Allah says, if I would open for them a door into the heavens. And the thing is, it's not just like you had one mi'raj and then, and then you're confused like, wait a second, was that real or not? فَظَلُّوا فِيهِ And they continue at your will, on-demand mi'raj. Because ظَلُّوا means, uh, you, you, not just once, whenever you feel like it, multiple times, for Mi'raj, ya They can continue to climb up and see everything. See, you wanna go first sky, you wanna believe in it, go see it. First sky, second sky, third sky, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You see all the skies, you know, you see the Baytul Ma'amur, and you see the 70,000 angels making top of it, and you see, you see literally have the whole Mi'raj physically, What are they gonna say? They're gonna say the same thing. They wanna say, Oh, you have cast a spell on our eyes and you have done black magic to us. So this is because they are bent on denying, right? They're bent on denial, they're bent on kufr. This is a kufr of juhud. It's not a kufr that they're confused. This is a kufr because they are uh, um, uh, die-hard deniers of the truth because they don't want to accept it. They saw someone splits the moon and half goes in the east, half goes in the west, and then comes back together. They say, "Oh, this is black magic." So they said, "In ma haza illa sihiru muftara." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Look, wa ayatun bayyinatun fi suduril adhina utalain wa ma yajhadu bi ayatina illa alqubul kafirun nizalimun." That these are clear, clear evidence signs. No one who is in the right mind can deny it. If you want to be fair, if you want to be just, you cannot deny it. No one can deny it except for kafirun and zalimun, who are bent on zulm, injustice, oppression upon themselves and others, and uh, kafirun, deniers of the truth. Anyway, what we hear, they say, We never heard of such a thing in our, four, four, our forefathers. So, this is the second problem. Second problem is, Resistance to change, resistance to new ideas, holding on to the ways of the forefathers. So people are very comfortable at at whatever they inherited, and they don't want to hear anything new. This is another common psychological phenomenon. So over here we're talking about Iman and Kufr, but moving forward, even with respect to... um, correcting, for example, Alhamdulillah if you pass the stage of Iman and Kufr, people are mu'min, but they're holding on to cultural practices, holding on to bidad, holding on to innovations, holding on to wrong interpretations of the deen, and when the haqq comes again I'm, not, I'm saying this is a lower level, right, it's not a matter of Kufr and Iman, but it's a matter of Sunnah and bid'ah, for example, and, and the ulama, Rabbaniyun invite them towards the Sunnah and say that these are cultural practices, not part of the deen, what happens? No, 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 we want to hold on to the rituals of our forefathers, this is not how our forefathers worshipped. So this is another uh, challenge. So Musa salam he said, look, وَقَالَ مُوسَى, Musa salam said, رَبِّي my Lord, he knows the, the truth. The thing is, I, I can try my best to convince you, uh, I can try my best to convince you, but the reality is that my رَبْ he knows. Remember in Surah Yasin, when... Um, when uh, in in seen when the people they reject the ambi al Mussalam in their face, they say the same thing. thing. Um, so the people they said they said to the people, We are prophets sent to you for your guidance. And they responded, Manzilah Rahmanu min Rahman has not revealed anything. In you are liars. So what did they say? I mean, in their face they're saying you are liars. So uh, first thing the Ambiya always says: Look, you know what? At the end of the day, Our Lord, He knows the truth. we have been sent to you. And what can we do? You know, we cannot control your hearts. So we're going to come to that if you get to it later. It comes in this session, in this section. Our responsibility is to convey the message. We are conveying the message to you in the best manner possible. We wish for your guidance. We pray for your guidance. If you're going to reject us, at the end of the day, Allah knows. Just like if you catch an innocent person, and you know, through forged uh, evidence and, and lying te- uh, witnesses, you take him, drag him to the co- uh, jail, or even worse, behead him, can, can kill him. He'll say, look, at the end of the day, Allah knows that I am. Innocent. What else can I say? You know, When push comes to shove, he's shoved against the wall, he's going to be executed. The innocent person. All right? How many innocent people through DNA uh, research and data, they are being exonerated after 30 years, 40 years, 50 years in jail. So many people. It comes always in the papers. Every other month you'll see. It. So-and-so was proven to be innocent. They were, they were put in jail. Like half their lives they spent in jail. Innocent. Um, and most atrocious uh, crimes were attributed to them Wrongfully convicted This is a very unfortunate common phenomena So they will say that They will always say that Our Rabb knows, my Lord knows And he will, inshaAllah, reward me for my patience So this is what he says here Rabbi a'lamu my Lord he knows Man ja'abil huda Who is coming with the guidance from, uh, from him, from him? Who, Are you coming with guidance from Allah or, or am I? You know, I'm telling you, I am, and I know that Allah knows. Allah is backing me up. And then He says, "Woman, taqunulahu الدَّارِ and who is going to have the best end? He didn't say the best dunya, because in the dunya there's two options. Allah Taala can grant success uh, to the people of Haqq and opportunity for them to make shukr, and Allah Taala can give them difficulty and hardship and even death in shahada and uh, opportunity for them to make sabr So, uh, the dunya is not the criteria. That's why he didn't say, "My Lord knows that I'm going to beat you in this dunya, and then I'm going to beat you. I'm, I'm going to beat you right here, and you're going to be. Uh, I'm going to be the victor, and you're going to be the vanquished nation." Did he say that? He didn't say that. He said, "Who's going to get the final abul? Aqibah is anjam, the ending. Who's going to have the best end? Wal-aqibah to lil muttaqin, the best ending. Husnul aqibah is for the muttaqin." Those who have taqwa, those who believe in Allah Those who fear Allah, they're going to have the best end And that's reserved 100% only for those who believe in Allah And those who are rejecters will not have a good end Good anjam, ending, aqiba See, this is the lesson here So the world, like in the dunya Now or in the past Many people are, are victorious and other, oppressors And they're oppressed victims And sometimes you say, wait, ayin Allah, where's Allah? But this is not Yomuddin. The malik yawm he'll judge under Yomuddin the master of the day of judgment so this is the t- test sometimes Allah will test through kingdom and power and authority and sovereignty on the earth sometimes Allah will test with people being bombed and people being attacked and people being um, subhanAllah oppressed different types of tests come the best ending is for those who have who believe Allah knows best you see that Innahu la at the end of the day the ظَالِمُونَ like we have the oppressors of today the moon of today they are not going to be successful those who are committing genocide or ethnic cleansing or all of the different horrific crimes uh, whoever they may be whether Muslim or non-Muslim whoever are committing ظلم, لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ at the end of the day the zalim will not be successful we have to remind ourselves people are having crisis of faith about this and, and, and if not it's crisis of faith at least I mean, there's no one who is escaping the depression when we hear the news it's continuing on, whole 2024 the war will continue not Right, So this thing They will not be successful Eventually Allah Ta'ala will catch us on him. So what did Fir'aun say? There have been many many tyrants in the past right? And there are tyrants today and There will be tyrants that will continue This is what the malaika had seen in the Loha al-Mahfuz وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةِ قَالُوا أَتَجَعْلُ فِيهَا مَنْ This was already they had seen it and they said, Oh, the angels had told Allah Ta'ala, You're creating Adam الصلاة, as a khalifa in this earth. But we have seen that they will be spilling the blood and creating corruption on the earth. <laughs> we are praising you, we are glorifying you. You know, uh, Allah Ta'ala said, I know that which you do not know. So, so definitely Allah has His wisdom. What happened here now? <laughs> Firaun says, Oh, my leaders. Oh, the members of my court, right? He, this is such a lame thing he's going to say now. He's trying to say, look, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, there's a claim here that there's another Allah besides me. Musa is saying there's Allah who sent him. And, you know, uh, in all honesty, I, I try to investigate it. And as far as I know, I could not come to any knowledge of, of any other God besides me. Like, I entertained that idea for a bit. Try to figure it out is there another god oh actually I don't know any other god. however, just to um you know entertain this uh, proposal so oh haman who's haman the minister haman A kindle for me means to light up the fire on the clay so meaning they used to have unbaked bricks and he's the first one who started baking the bricks, making them more strong to take the clay and make the bricks and then bake them in, and then until they become uh, uh, far stronger and have more structural strength. And why? فَجْعَلْ Ali And make for me and build for me a, a tower. So it comes in historical narrations this was an unparalleled tower that was very, very high because the foundation was on these baked bricks which could bear that weight. Structurally, it was very sound. So I may go and, means to go and investigate and see if I can find where is this God of Musa that he claims. Mockery, right? He's mocking the deen. However, I already think, as far as I'm concerned, I believe him to be a liar. Still, I, I will make an observation post and see if I can go and find him. If I do find him, fine, we'll accept him. But as far as I think so, he is a liar. Jibril, السلام, Allah taala sent, and after it was built, 50,000 masons were brought, and they did backbreaking labor from the Banu Israel, from the slaves, and they built this tower, which is to- taller than all of the pyramids that we have from that era. We see have some of the pyramids that uh, are uh, still till today a living testimony of the architecture and the structure uh, that they would construct back then, centuries ago and from the time of Fir'aun in Egypt. But that huge tower, this particular tower, was destroyed by the angel and the uh, several thousands of his workers and uh, that were involved in that project were killed Allah Ta'ala says wa junuduhu fil him and his host and his armies they were arrogant istakbara, in this land al haq they had no justification right no one has any justification to be arrogant in front of Allah ilayna jaun. the reason anyone is arrogant and behaves in an arrogant manner is because they are forgetting the fact they have to go back to Allah this is what it boils down to fear of and sense of accountability if a person has a sense of accountability there is a day of judgment and I will be asked that day you will be presented in the court of Allah nothing can be hidden it is coming it is very near people think it's far Allah says it's very near do you not realize? You will be resurrected in a great day. People have to stand in the court of Allah. So, if a person has that sense, he will never have an opportunity to be arrogant. These people They thought they would not be returned to us. If you catch the tyrants of today who are killing innocent civilians and you ask them, you know, what, how in the world are you committing such atrocious crimes? So, why, why are they doing that? How do you sleep at night when you're killing the. The thousands of kids and women and children and innocent people <inaudible> that's what it boils down to, they think they're not going to go back to Allah boy they'll be in for a surprise right? سيعلمون ثم Kalla they will see very soon فأخذناه وجنوده we seized him and his army look what happened to this eventually فنبذناهم في we threw them into the ocean Right, uh, Musa a couple decades earlier, who's also uh, Allah Taala says to Musa Al-Islam's mother, Falqihi throw him into the ocean, in the basket. Do not have fear, do not have grief. We shall bring the baby back to you. We'll make him a prophet. So Musa a.s. was thrown into the into the ocean too. Over here, Firon and his army, You see how the theme comes back. He was thrown into the ocean. But so somebody is thrown into the ocean is saved, the baby. And a whole Firon and his army is thrown into the ocean. They're not saved there. Uh, they are drowned. Now look, ponder, reflect. Funzur. How is the fate of the wrongdoers? The aqiba. So this is. There are two options. Sometimes the other comes in the dunya. Sometimes it's in the Akhirah, but the Adab is coming. There's no escape from the Adab. Here, the Adab started right from the dunya. وجعلناهم And we, Allah Taala said, "They became imams, Imam Aima. They're imams. Pharaoh and his noble court, and nobles from his court, they are imams. What type of imams? يدعونا إلى النار. Who are inviting people towards hell? Right. That's why Samiri. Uh, no not somebody um shamaun rajul min ali firaun the believing member of the court of firaun when he was giving the dawa to firaun and, and he exposed himself and there's a very beautiful speech and he allah ta'ala calls him rajulun Mu'minun, a believing man min ali firaun from the family of firaun so he was one royal a member of the royal family who accepted islam there's an entire surah that is revealed about him It's known as suratul mu'min the surah of the mu'min Whenever most people, when they see that Surah Al-Mu'min, they're like, Oh, this must be about the Sifat, the attributes of a Mu'min, or how to be a true Mu'min in this world. It's actually about a Mu'min from the time of Fir'an. It's also known as Surah Al-Ghafir. Al-Mu'min, that Mu'min, when he gave that beautiful speech that Allah has recorded in the Qur'an, it is truly worth reviewing, learning, so many beautiful lessons in that da'wah of Al-Mu'min, the true believer. Uh, he mentioned this. أَدْعُوكُمْ إِلَى وَتَدْعُونَنِي إِلَى He said, why is it I'm inviting you towards Naja and salvation وتدعونني النَّارِ You're inviting me towards the fire He told Firaun So Firaun and his members of his court were inviting towards the fire uh, There is one question here that Were they saying, okay, come to the path of fire Come to the fire Were they directly inviting towards the fire? No, but they were inviting towards such actions Which would lead to the fire they're, they're inviting towards shirk, they're inviting towards kufr. they're inviting towards all of types of dhulm and oppression which will lead to the fire so subhanAllah there's a very beautiful tafsir here that these the ayah says that they were inviting towards fire whereas they're inviting towards actions which lead to the fire so the tafsir is that it's not only that the actions lead to the fire the actual amal that a person does it will change shape and it will become the fire it'll, be, it'll morph into fire and where did we get this idea? idea from And the good deeds they will turn into the blessings of jannah and the bad deeds will turn into the p- t- torture of jahannam because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says on the day of judgment wajadu ma'amilu hadira That whatever actions they had done in the world they will find those actions hadir in the form of blessings and flowers and bless, and and and, uh, and of jannah or jahim and torture and serpents in the grave and in the akhirah and torments wajadu ma'amilu they will find their actions present themselves. whoever does an Adam's worth of a good deed shall see it. So, you know, there are two ways to look at it: see it, and whoever does an Adam's worth of a sin will see it. So, you will see the result of the action, or you will actually see the action in a new shape and form. Anwar Kashmiri, Kashmir, Mufti Shafi'a Usmani in, in his Al Quran says, My teacher, Mona Kashmiri, Kashmir, was of the opinion that you will actually see the, the amal. And the amal itself will take that form. And the other interpretation is you'll see the result of the action. So when they were inviting towards the fire, they're inviting towards such actions which will become fire. SubhanAllah. <traum> <laughs> Yad'una ila nar. Wa on the day of judgment, when the comes, what's going to happen? La <inaudible> no one 's going to come to their help. no one 's going to aid them. and we made a curse to pursue them in this world. What is the definition of a curse? The definition of a curse is an rahmatillah, to be flung far away from the mercy of Allah. so they were deprived of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. right so we have to be careful. We should never curse anyone. We should never curse our own children or, or uh, you know and uh, this is something which um, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned sometimes uh, the mothers love their kids more than anyone else, but when they're upset, they may end up cursing their own children. So, this is something to watch out for. Men have their own sins, women have their own sins. But this one hadith was talking about for uh, the had- sins of a woman, where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi sallam said, al-ashir. Al-ashir. They curse excessively and they are un- ungrateful to their husbands. So, cursing is something to it's a major, major sin We should not curse La'na means La'na means, means May you be thrown far away from the mercy of Allah Which is a very horrific dua to make Rather you're supposed to say As-salamu alaykum Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh May the mercy be upon you Not far from the mercy of Allah Wa yawm al qiyamah And these people on the day of judgment Hum minal maqbooheen they will be maqbuh, qabih means ugly maqbuh means disfigured, made to be ugly, dejected and Allah Ta'ala says وَلَقَدْ Musa al الْكِتَابِ and we gave Musa the book which book is this? the Torah, Torah, Zubur, Injil these are the three books in the past and then you have the Quran these four books from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there are other Suhuf, Ibrahim, Musa and other pamphlets and a smaller books but these are the major books the book of Torah was a very major book for centuries. Ambi Ali wasalam came, uh, who were implementing the Torah, right, until Isa alayhi Salam came and brought the Injil, that uh, can, uh, that abrogated it. And of course, the Quran came as a source of abrogation for all of the previous scriptures. al-kitab. Indeed, we have granted Musa the book, the Torah. al-qurun al After we had destroyed the previous nations, which Qurun al-ula there are. Nuh al salam through the flood Thamud um, No, second one was Ad from the wind And Thamud with the screech of the angel Lut al his nation Through the multiple Azabs came on that nation uh, They were فَجَعَلْنَا um, Allah Ta'ala turned it upside down Flipped it over And حِجَارَ مِنَ They had the rain of rocks from the sky upon them and Ashab al Madian of Sha'ib alayhi all of these are previous uh, previous nations that were destroyed. Previous nations that were destroyed. So, um, we are right now at this moment going over the story of Musa and Fir'aun and taking lessons from it. So, likewise, in the past, we see the Ambi alayhi salam, there would be. Inviting their people and uh, they would be referring to the nations that preceded them. So, for example, we have um, in the 12th Juz, I'm opening up, we see Shuaib when he is inviting his people, um, the same Khatib al-Anbiya alayhi he is giving da'wah. And he is referring to the nations that have, that preceded him. See, this is Qurun al-Ula. So over here, he says, "Wa an yusibakum Al Islam is saying, "Beware of the azab that came from Qan Nuh." Hud" or "Qaum of Hud," Salih" or "Nation of Salih," "Halim Salam." Lut bi In the nation of Lut, is they're not far away from you. Sadum, where the Dead Sea is, is not far from Madian you see, Shoaib al-Islam is telling his people look at the past nations just like we're talking about Fir'un. we are saying Firon is a Zalim who was destroyed learn, take a lesson, so likewise they're telling their respective people take a lesson from the, Anbiya, uh, from the stories of the past um, Subhanallah, this continues in Surah Al-Mu'min uh, uh, the same Rajul Al-Mu'min, he tells Fir'aun and his army I'm afraid I'm afraid, also as well, that the Adab of Allah that came upon previous nations will become upon you. So there is a series. Every single Nabi is connected with his past, and we are connected with all of them, as we are the last Ummah. So after those previous nations were destroyed, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala granted Musa wa sallam the Torah, and this Torah was Basira linnas. Nas. Basair is plural of Basira; it's source of guidance and insight and deep wisdom for people. So there's a question here, which people? If this was for the of Musa only, there's no objection. But if this Linnas means all people, does that mean that there is a source of wisdom and guidance in the Torah for this Ummah too? Because the Quran says (laughs) Basa'ira, Linnas. So one thing to note is how can we is is there anything beneficial for us in the Torah or in the Injil? Because it was Basa Ira Linnas, source of insight for people and we are also? people? Or is this limited to the people of the past? So one thing to note is that in the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when the wahi is being uh, coming down, revelation is coming down Umar anhu, he asked Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about studying the Torah and he was prohibited. In fact in one narration he brought the Talmud which was the rabbinical tafsir of the Torah that the Babylonian rabbis had done over centuries uh, and they had they had corrupted the Torah itself, then they corrupted the tafsir of it significantly. Um, and Allah Taala speaks about that in the Quran, that uh, in Surah Al Baqarah, They write the book with their own hands. Then they say this is revealed by Allah. They make the harif and they change the meanings of the Quran of the Torah. So. He was reading it, he was looking down and reading it, he did not see the effect on the face of Rasulullah. And Abu Bakr came and said, O oh, Umar, stop. You see the Prophet's face color is changing. He looked up and he said, he threw it down and he said, Ya Rasulullah. He said, I'm pleased. Allah is my Rabb, Islam is my deen, and uh, Muhammad is my messenger. I don't need this. So that indicates for us that we should not necessarily go back and read those things. That's on one side. However, on the flip side, on the opposite side, we have um, uh, Kaaba Ahbar, we have Abdullah bin Abbas even, we have other Sahaba, Tabi'un, and other scholars of Seer, they have benefited from previous scriptures. uh, And they were not attacked necessarily for that. So how do we reconcile this? So what it is is that when the Qur'an was being revealed, in that time Nabi Sallallahu said that only the Qur'an should be written down and focused on, don't even write the hadith, there are hadith in the, about not writing down the hadith in the initial stages, focusing on the writing of the Qur'an so it is not mixed and uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not want the teachings of the Torah to be mixed up with the Qur'an, uh, but afterwards when the Qur'an was preserved and it was the entire the revelation of the Quran had come to a completion, and everyone knew this is the Quran, and other than this is not Quran. So, to the extent that uh, um, Allah has commanded, look at this. Is there any command in the Quran to read the Torah? No. Allah commands us with al Quran, when you read the Quran, Fasta'iz Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim. Say, Billahi so Minash Shaitan Rajim. This is a command. Think about this for a moment. It's a command to make, recite A'udh Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim before Tilawa. And the ritual, you can recite it any other time. If you see somebody fighting and angry, maybe saw some saw two people fighting, and he said, كريمة, and I know wa if he says it, la anhu Then his anger will dissipate. that statement is A'udhu billahi shaitan So if people are fighting, you can say A'udhu billahi shaitan You can seek protection from shaitan at any time. But the ritual recitation of A'udhu Billah before beginning to read a book is what limited to restricted to what Quran. Such that it doesn't even extend to Bukhari and Muslim and Hadith. So you wouldn't open a Hadith book and say "Audhu Billahi minash Shaitan al rajeem and then start doing Taqlid, whether it's Mutawatir Hadith or Fazal al Amal or riyas al Salihin or any book of Hadith. You should not say "Audhu Billahi minash before you recite it as ritually, right? Because it is limited for what Quran. So Allah is commanded, "Fasta'iz Billah." Recite "Audhu Billahi" before you recite Quran. Despite this direct command, "Audhu is not written in the Quran. Right, You take any more stuff in the world, if you open it, come. why you can't give us a hint? Remind us. We forget. Is Bismillah is there. Right? Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim is, is 115 times in the Quran. 114 surahs for us. And Innahu min Sulaimana wa Innahu Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in Surah Al-Namal, part of the letter of Bilqis to Sulaiman alayhi salam or Sulaiman al-Islam to Bilqis inna hu min wa inna hu alayhi wa In Taravi when the Imam reads it you're like wait a second he started a new surah right? <laughs> in the middle of Surah Al-Namal so Bismillah is there A'udhu Billah, is not there why is not there? because the, when the Sahaba were writing the Quran they were very 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 particular about not adding anything non-Quran to the printed Quran in the Jamal Awal in the time of Abbaqar in Jamal Thani in the time of Usman radiallahu anhu. So many Sahaba in their private collections, they would have little notes, side notes, footnotes, head notes on the top, on the side, anywhere, hashia, and explanatory comments, tafsir. But there must be a distinction between Quran and non Quran to the extent that A'udh is also not even there. Even Amin is not there. Okay? So, um, so that's why Rasulullah said, "Don't read the Torah. Forget about, uh, uh, yani Torah. Even al is not there. So an Hadith is not being written. Why Torah? But afterwards, it was permissible. And it's well known that when it comes to the previous scriptures, there are three things. Number one, that which is in accordance with the Quran and Sunnah, we accept it. That that's the true word of Allah at that time. Number two, that which directly contradicts the Quran and Sunnah, we reject it and we say that that is something that has been added by people. And number three, that which neither is affirmed by the Qur'an nor rejected by the Qur'an. Then regarding this what do we do? We also say we tawakuf, we stop. لا نصدق ولا نكذب. We don't believe that it is necessarily true nor do we reject it. Why do we say we don't believe in it for sure? Because there's a great possibility people added those details from their own side. Why do we not reject it? Because it's possible it is revealed by Allah Ta'ala. So then what do we do? We just stop from making any conclusion. Stop from having a conclusive, uh, definitive belief about it. We just say, Allah knows best. Right? So, for example, Old Testament, you know, book of Genesis, chapter 1, page 1, <laughs> it says, You know, God created the heavens and earth in six days. So we'll say, Allah ta'ala says, samawati wa fee ayyam. So this part, what? We believe in it. Then he rested on the Sabbath. This part, we'll say, La wala no. Neither sleep nor slumber overtaketh him. Right. So then we will reject that part Then you go in chapter Kings It's like all oh, so many crazy long stories of these kings And he was son of so and so, son of so and so, son of so and so And this battle, that battle Is that against the Quran? No Is it proven by the Quran? No so <laughs> We neither believe nor we reject Because um, if it is proven Like God created the heavens and earth in six days We must believe in that those who believe in that which is revealed unto you And that which is revealed prior to you we believe in both we believe in what is revealed on Ibrahim. What is to Ibrahim What is given to Musa we believe in it What is given to Musa what is given to Musa and Isa, we believe in it. Whatever is given to any of the prophets of the past, we believe in all of the above. We do not distinguish between the prophets by believing in some and rejecting others. Right? That. So, this is the Basa'irah Linnas discussion. So, it is, so a person who is able, now, so therefore it's like a minefield. There are certain things which must be believed in, certain things which must be rejected, and certain things you're not supposed to pass any judgment. So a person who is well equipped, who knows the Quran and Sunnah, he can go into this minefield and be saved and derive some benefit. And if a person is not able to judge and know what is in accordance with Quran and what is not, it's better you, avoid it. What about the other book, ذَلِكَ Al la La fi The one has no doubt, go there. Are you done finished all the Tafsir of the world? 35,000 volumes here in the library, you hear about it. So let's, let's go, finish these 35,000, and then you can go into, in, into the Bible. But should there be some people studying the Bible? Absolutely. To be able to invite them towards Islam. To be able to find out the inconsistencies in the Bible. To find out the problems in the Bible. Allah Ta'ala speaks about inconsistencies. Do you not ponder and reflect over the Quran? If this book came from anyone besides Allah, there would be a lot of contradictions. Right? So, in the past, when we were in South Africa, we went and met Ahmad Didat in Durban as a student. And then. You know, his, so there are many people who focus on this. This is a very important thing. Debate with them in a, in a good manner. Allah Taala says, "Jadilhum," debate with the, with the Christians. So people can benefit, but you have to prepare yourself. And if you're going to go unprepared, you may end up getting misguided. So this was the discussion of Basa'ir al It is a source of guidance for. It is a source of wisdom, Basira, insight, for people, all people. And a source of guidance and mercy So that they may take advice Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah You were not there at the western side of the mountain tour What's the point of saying that? The point of saying this is that Hey, how do you know if you weren't there? Right? Like uh, in Surah Yusuf Ahsan al-Qasas, the best story of all time, from ultimate rags to riches story. Everyone loves the rags to riches story because you can go in the journey yourself. Wow, I'm in rags today, maybe I'll get riches someday. Right? So from the bottom of the well to the throne of Egypt, Yusuf Al-Assam's story, everyone loves it. There's seduction in there, there's jealousy, there's the father and son being separated and they get united. It's the best story of all time. Allah said so. Ahsan al-Qasas. So in that story, um. Which which scene of the story was Rasulullah present? Not a single scene. But at the end of Surah Yusuf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says to Nabi wasallam, uh, he picks up one scene. He says, You are not present there when the brothers are sitting together and plotting what they're going to do with Yusuf. One of them said, kill him, the other one said, No. If you want to do something, let's throw him in an abandoned well. So they're sitting and plotting. In the minutes of that secret meeting, you are narrating it centuries later. And there's, you were not there. So when they were sitting and plotting, what they're going to do, those brothers of Yusuf when they're plotting, do you think, uh, what is their eventual uh, um, condition? Right. They made Tawbah. They were so regretful. So, do you think they're going to expose themselves? Who said what and how the meeting went? They're going to talk about it? No. So, they died with the secrets in their hearts. Right. So, it was, it, it was, the secret of that meeting was in their bosom, in their hearts. And they never told anybody what they plotted about their, their brother Yusuf. But the details of that meeting are narrated in the Quran. Wama كُنْتَ You are not there Somebody will say I'm trying to make a point Duh, of course he wasn't there He wasn't there from the beginning till the end So Allah Ta'ala could have said you know, First of all, what's the point of saying that? And even if you do want to say you're not there You could have said "Wama You weren't there when the son said to his father Ya, yeah, oh my dear father I see I saw 11 stars And, uh, and the sun and the moon I saw them making sazad to me And then the father said Oh, my dear son, don't tell your dream to your brothers. Wasn't Sallallahu there? No. But why is Allah Ta'ala not saying you weren't there? Because that's such a story which can be narrated, could become part of the family tradition. He could have told people, you know what, when I was a kid, I said this to my dad, my dad said this to me, and then the dream came true. This is at the end, he says, This is my dream, Allah has made it. True. But this particular scene, there's no reason anyone is going to share it. Despite this fact, uh, people are still not believing. So the point of it is that you uh, how do you know if you weren't there? What is Allah Ta'ala trying to emphasize? What do you think? He's emphasizing the fact that this is not something you found out through normal human sources of knowledge human source of knowledge is somebody narrates the incident to you who was present but that's not gonna happen. so the only way you know exactly what happened is because of question. divine revelation, wahi, exactly that's why in the beginning when you know this is the Yehud, the rabbis from Baitul Midras in the rabbinical seminary of Medina they had asked this question to Nabi you tell us how did uh, Banu Israel who are actually from for, uh, from Bilal uh, of uh, in in palestine where they are in uh, where ibrahim Al-Islam is in al khalil the occupied west bank in hebron al-khaleel and that's where he's buried then how come in the time musa they there in egypt how did they get from there to egypt that was the question so uh, allah ta'ala says that subhanallah uh, that we will tell you the ahsan al-qasas ohaina ilayka quran we are sending this wahy upon you kunta Ghafileen, right? before the revelation of Messiah you didn't know so whenever as a teacher this is what we do in the Darussalam, in the seminary we teach students right so do we tell the students every single day when they come to class guess what you didn't know this you don't keep on repeating that that's kind of demeaning like you say, hey you didn't know this I'm going teach I want mean, to tell you you didn't know this you don't but that's the reason he came to join the madrasa and he's sitting in front of you because he knows he doesn't know and he knows you know and he wants to learn something from you that's why he's there so you don't have to keep on in fact what do we say wow you learned this Wow, mashallah right. You put a sticker, kudos, smiley face right. Get, Grab a candy on the way out Right? No So you learn you, you, you give positive reinforcement You don't keep on saying You didn't know this So why is Allah Ta'ala saying here You did not know this The reason he's pointing this out Is that he's trying to emphasize the fact That you didn't know this from any other source and You're receiving divine revelation I'm the only one who's telling you No one else told you because if you believe in wahi, then the rest of iman follows That's why Imam Bukhari starts kitab in iman with Babul wahi the chapter of wahi <laughs> So wahi is what it, the crux of the matter So over here again bil You are not there at the western side of the mountain tour ila al Amr When we delegated the matter to Musa How do you know what happened? الشاهدين, you are not among those present Yet you are telling the people exactly what happened How do you know? Because I was there and I'm telling you We created generations of people who came after them Long time passed over them And they forgot You are not dwelling among the people of the Madian عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِنَا Reciting our verses unto them كُنَّا We are the one who send the messengers to every nation you were not at the side of the mountain tour. إذنَ when we had called مُسَلِّمَ. Rabbik, This is through your prophethood that you know all of this. This is a mercy from your Lord. رَحْمَةٌ This prophethood is a mercy. Why min So you can warn a people to no warner has come before you. So they may receive the advice. Which people had no warners? The people of Makkah. Ya you al You have come to warn the people, whose forefathers had not been warned. From Baafirun. That's why they are in a state of Affallah. So the people of Mecca, they did not have any Nabi coming. Relatively, they did not have a Nabi coming for generations. Relatively. But you cannot say they had no Nabi, because Ismail was a prophet, and Ibrahim alayhi was a prophet. The founders of the city were prophets. Because then it will become a contradiction That وَإِمْ مِنْ أُمَّةٍ إِلَّا Nadir In every nation Allah sent a prophet But centuries had gone by So you have Ibrahim and Ismail After Ismail no prophet in the Arabs But on the other side of the family His other son Ishaq Then you have Yaqub Prophet Ishaq son Yaqub is a prophet Yaqub and Yusuf and Bin Amin are a prophet After that prophets, prophets, prophets All these Anbiya are coming on the Bani Israel side None of them are coming on the Bani Ismail side and then Allah Ta'ala says: And uh, we have sent you a messenger in case when if an adal comes from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, be, not because Allah hates them, but as a result of their own actions, what they have sent forth, they will say: "Rabbana law arsaltay rasulan." Oh Allah, why you didn't send a messenger? If you sent a messenger we would have followed, wa We would have followed your ayat. we would have been among the believers. You didn't send a prophet. So Allah is sending the prophet this is called itmamman lil to close the door of excuses. Whenever but when the truth came to them from us, they said, Uh why Laula utiya utiya Musa? Why he wasn't given a book similar to the book of Musa? So they just every single day they get up and they think like, let's come up with a new excuse why you want to disbelieve. So one fine morning they said, you know what? The whole Torah came together in one book over here, every few days, different ayats are being revealed. We don't like this concept. Allah Ta'ala says, you know what? yakfuru bima utiya musa min Did you not already deny what Musa was given? Now you're wanting to bring that back? They said, no, no, you know, it seems like the Quran and Torah, they're both works of magic that support one another. Because the Torah prophesies the Quran and the Quran is saying the Torah was true. So this is because the Qur'an is مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ عَلَيْهِ It testifies to the truth of the previous scriptures and it corrects the mistakes that were added to it. And the Torah is prophesizing the Qur'an is going to come. Musa is prophesizing Rasulullah is going to come and Rasulullah comes and testifies that Musa was the true prophet. So this is supporting one another. They're not Sihrani, it's Wahi, it's Wahi from Allah. Because the Wahi is from the same Allah. We deny the former, we deny the latter. We deny Musa and Muhammad. We deny Torah and Quran. We deny both. Whereas we say, what do we say? We believe in this Quran, we believe in Torah as well. Challenge. Okay, you know what? You want to reject that one? You reject this one? Or you want to reject everything? Fatu, bring on. You bring a book from Allah. أَهْدَا مِنْهُمَا which is better than both أَتَّبِعْهُ I will, I will follow it I will follow that new book in كُنْتُمْ صَدِقِينَ if you are truthful there are many many challenges like this in the Quran uh, most notable amongst them well this is notable the one that sticks with me is the one Subhanallah. اللَّهِ say إِنْ كَانَ وَلَدْ if Allah uh, truly had a son أنا أَوَّلُ الْعَابِدِينَ I'm the first one I'll worship him I'll worship son of God before you the problem is there is no son of God he has no children nor any parents, right? None of the creation is like unto him. Hey, we don't we don't hate the Son of God. We would worship Son of God. If there was one, but there is none. If there was another book more rightly guided than this, we would follow it, but there is none. if they do not respond to you, of course they cannot. They then no. Annamayyatabirhuna They are only following their desires they're just following their nafs ammarabisu, that is commanding them to evil their ahwa hawa their desires Wa man who can be more misguided who is more astray hawa who is following his desires right so this is the what is the most prevalent religion in the world worshipping desires shahwat parasti not you know worshipping allah or worshipping buddha or worshipping ram or worshipping uh, this one or that idol what is the biggest idol Desires, right? Hiddenism, following desires. who is more misguided, more astray? Mimman from that person. hawa, who is following his desires. hudam من الله, without guidance from Allah. Inna Allah will not guide these people. So Allah Taala says, ولا تتبع Do not follow your desires, for it will take you astray from the path of Allah. We concluding now. Allah Taala says, and we convey to them. Our, our statements, the key word here wassalna, wassali wassil, tawseel means to add uh, in a rope and more strings are added to it to strengthen it like tawseel of the it comes in the fifth books about adding hair if it's natural hair a woman adds to her braids to make her locks longer then that is haram uh, because Allah has sanctified the human body you are not supposed to use it but if it's artificial uh, you know, hair it can be added Tawseel is to add things to strengthen So, وَلَقَدْ وَصَّلْنَا al الْقَوْلِ We have continually one after the other added to our wahi throughout the ages so that they may receive advice The scholars of tafsir say here that when you are giving da'wah we don't stop we don't stop with people, you know we, we convey the message, that's it وَصَّلْنَا لَهُمُ الْقَوْلِ means you have to continue on, continue on, continue on without giving up and then Allah Ta'ala said al kitaba min qablihi. There are some people who had give, been given the book before they believed in the Quran. This is referring to the Najashi of Habasha. This is the story behind this ayah. Najashi, the king of the Habasha of Ethiopia and 40 members of his court, they accepted Islam. 40 members of his court, they came to Medina at the time of the Battle of Khaybar. They participated in that campaign. Uh, they also got wounded, they did not become shaheed They saw the condition of Medina They said that Allah has given us a lot of wealth in Habasha We will bring wealth back next time So they were Christians who believed in the Injil They had the book before Then they were believing in the Quran Subhanallah They believed in both This is amazing There's one hadith in Sahih Bukhari that Rasulullah mentioned three people that Allah will give them double the reward. What are the three people? The one who believed in the previous scripture and then believed in the Quran. Number two, their slave who fulfills the right of Allah and of his master. And number three is that master who educates his slave girl, emancipates her, frees her, then marries her, makes her his wife and the queen of his kingdom. So these are three people, the hadith mentioned they're gonna get double the reward. Likewise the Quran says, Oh, wise Rasulullah, first ayah of the 22nd Jews. Whoever amongst you believes in Allah and does good deeds will give you the reward double. So these three in the hadith in that ayat is four individuals, in which the reward is double. So the scholars looked at it and said, Why is it double? Perhaps it is because the wise of will get marratain, because they obeyed their Prophet وسلم, as a husband and as a Prophet and uh, the one who believes in previous scripture, and this scripture he believed in both, double and the one who um, slave who fulfills the rights of Allah and rights of master, he fulfills rights of both, double and the one who emancipated his slave, good deed and then made her his wife and and, uh, and honored her, is a good deed, double subhanAllah but then the objection is that, guess what um, whoever does a good deed is going to get the reward for it so if you do two good deeds, you get two rewards, what's the, what's the extra bonus there? so then said, yeah absolutely right that this, this, this doesn't make sense because if you do two good deeds you get two rewards how is that double? so, the, so then the correct understanding is that these individuals are so beloved to Allah because they did something that required sabr and uh, subhanallah they uh, um, they squashed their nafs and they did uh, something which is hard because you have a slave girl who uh, Allah has made it permissible to fulfill one's needs through her and then you, she has less rights you free her, to educate her and make her the wife Subhanallah. Right? so that requires a big heart likewise uh, in the past um, the slave is fulfilling the rights of Allah his master or Nabi sallallahu wives all of them they are at a lofty status so what this, what this ayah means is that every good deed that they do after that after they have reached this status they will be given for any, if they, any salah they perform, they'll get the reward for two Any sadaqah they do, they'll get the reward for two If they do one hajj, they'll get the reward for two Allah will double the good deeds for them Right? So these are the people When the Quran is recited upon them, they said آمَنَّا If you believe in it These are people who are Christians They believed in the Quran mi This is the truth from our Lord We had already submitted to it before it was revealed so they are muslims before so this also tells us that the word muslim is whoever submits to allah who says la ilaha illallah after la ilaha illallah whether he says adam khalifatullah or he says you know ibrahim khalilullah and musa karimullah and isa ruhullah whatever his kalima may be ismail zabihullah and nuh najihullah so the first part of the kalima la ilaha illallah he's muslim and of course la ilaha illallah muhammadur Rasulullah So every single age they are Muslims Because look at this Inna min Prior to this Quran was revealed We were already Muslim So they were Muslim before And they continued to remain Muslim So they were Muslim before Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam comes They have an option You want to remain a Muslim or be a kafir Fork in the road So they continue to remain a Muslim See this is the double reward ajrahum مَرَّتينَ They're going to be given the reward for everything double because they did sabr. Bima sabr. Wa yidra'una bil رَزَقْنَاهُمْ sayya ho mima razakna ho mimfiqoon. I just want to complete the ruku here. Wa yidra'una bil hasanate sayya. They repel evil with good. There's uh, two beautiful meanings here. Not just for the sake of knowing two beautiful meanings, but there are two lessons. Yidra'una bil hasanate sayya means two things. Number one, if somebody treats you in a sayya in a bad manner, you repel that in a kind manner. Somebody is being rude to you, you be kind to them and you will conquer their heart your enemy will become your closest friend. Second meaning is that if you yourself did a sayya did a bad deed, follow it up with a good deed. it will erase it. أتبع السئية تَتَمْحُوْها as the hadith says follow up a sin with a good deed. if you ended up doing a sin, then do a good deed because إنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ السَّيِّئَاتِ good deeds Wipe out bad deeds See, two beautiful meanings of this Sometimes they come with multiple different meanings And then you're like, okay, what's the point of that? No, over here, both of them have an impact Both can be implemented So if somebody treats you with a bad way You treat them with a good way And you did a yourself a sin You follow it up with a good deed And then If you hear people saying all, and, you know, wrong things Absurd talk At work, at parties, different places People are saying nonsense stuff what should he do? فَلَا مَعَهُمْ مَعَمْ حَتَّى يَهُودُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِهِ Don't sit with them until the, the topic changes. وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ فِي Right, Stay away from them. Over here Allah Ta'ala also says أَعْرَدُوا Stay away from such gatherings. Don't even be a participant in a gathering where people are saying non stuff. Nonsensical stuff. People are attacking the people are attacking Ulama. People are attacking you know what this you know people are saying wrong things, negative things, you know. You know that it's not right. You shouldn't be even participant in that gathering. So if you are there, you should have the hatred for the sin if you're stuck, but you should definitely uh, if you can walk out. And when you walk out, you should say, "Lana' a'maluna wa lakum a'malukum." For us is our deeds, for you are your deeds. Salamun alaykum. This salam is not the salam of tahiyyah starting the conversation. This is the salam of wada goodbye salam. There's a you know introductory salam, and then there's salam of tahiyyah. and there is a goodbye. Wada jahilun salama. So when you see the jahil, you're not saying salam. The salam I to hang around with the jahil. You say I'm getting out of here, salam. So this is salamun alaykum. Lana jahilin right we don't want to be entangled with ignorant people hang around the ignorant people you're going to end up acting ignorantly yourself so you get out of there and then Allah says you verily cannot guide whom you wish wa will guide whom he wishes so this is this is you know subhanallah this is you cannot guide another ayah says verily you do guide to the straight path there's a la. that la is for taqid emphasis this la is for negation like, وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ خُسْرٍ وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ خُسْرٍ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ خسر. Rarely human beings are what? All human beings are in a definite loss. لَا, لا في خسر. Just لَا Without the alif means definitely. And لَا means not. That's how important Tajweed is. You take a لَا It means definitely. And you say لَا means no. Everybody knows that لَا means no. لا La ilaha means there is no God besides Allah So over here it says Innaka la tahdi, Verily you do not guide whom you want Who is that? Rasulullah The other ayah says Innaka la tahdi ila Verily you do guide to the straight path Wait a second Verily you do guide la tahdi. La tahdi, Verily you don't guide So is there a contradiction? Apparently But there is two types of hidayah One is the hidayah just to show the path, iraatul tariq, and one is the hidayah isla al matloob to take you all the way straight into jannah. So over here, like when uh, you know our teachers used to say that, okay, the graduation jalsa, there are a lot of guests coming from outside in the madrasa, and people are lost, and people coming to South Africa from fifty, six, or sixty countries, the students would be studying there. So if they come, their son is graduating from Bokhari Dora Hadith after seven years, nine years of studying. So they came for the first time, and uh, you are the student, you are the host. so, when somebody says that, you know, where's the office, where's the bathroom, where's the, uh, where's the dining hall, don't do the hidaya of your just tell him, oh, it's over there. You should do isa'il al matlub, hold his hand, hold his bag, and take him all the way to the dining hall. Ji, come with me, I I'll I will guide you there. So, what, that's the difference. One is just give the directions. You go outside, past the courtyard, past the musallah, then after that on the left side is Darul Tafsir, Darul Hadith, Darul Fiqh, Darul ifta and then you pass all those buildings, then you take a left and a right, and then over there is Dining Hall, Matam. No, Matbah, the kitchen, the dining hall. He's gonna get lost, right? So that is called just Yaraat Tadari, showing the path. And when his uncle come with me and you hold his hand and you walk with him and take him all the way to there, that's called Isal Ilal Matloob, taking to the objective all the way physically. So, like Allah Subh'anaHu Wa said, As far as the Thamud, we granted them Hidayah. You're going to say, wait a second, last time I checked, the Thamud were destroyed. Right? Which Hidayah? Showing the path. Of course, Allah Ta-A'ala sent the Nabi Saleh and then the stone uh, was broken and the she camel came out and they killed it. Of course, showing them the path. First time. They chose to be blind rather than be guided. So, over here, when Allah Taala is telling Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, "Innaka la tahdi," without talif, "la tahdi," you guide to the right path means you show the path. And when Allah Taala says, "Innaka la tahdi," verily you cannot guide, meaning you cannot physically take a person into Jannah, whoever you wish. you understand? There's two types. Did we get it? Is it too complicated? Two types of hidayah. One is to show the path. One is to take the person. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam definitely is the hadi and definitely is not the hadi. Which hadi he is? Which hadi is not? He is the hadith who guides and says this is the way to Jannah, but he's not the hadith who can grab your hand and take you there. Who can grab your hand and take you there? Allah. akbar. il Oh Allah, grab my forelock. Nawasina is like if your hair, I don't have long hair right now, but imagine you have long hair. You grab somebody by the forelock of his hair and you pull him, right? Drag him. You're literally begging. Hudbi naw grab my forelock and drag me into the Jannah oh, Allah. In birri Taqwa. إِلَى khirat and انْ al الْمُنْكَرَةِ So, over here, Allah Ta'ala is telling Rabbi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam You cannot take and pull and push Anybody you want to, Whoever you like. When was this ayah revealed? Everybody knows this story. This, this part is a famous one. When this ayah was revealed, Bilal ibn Habshi was what? Jumping up and down with joy. People asked him, What are you, what are you excited about? And he said this ayah. Okay, Okay, uh, how is this ayah making you jump in joy? He said, because if Hidayah was in the hand of Nabi he would start with Abu Lahab, his uncles, and, and then Abu Jahl, his, and then Fulam, Fulam, Fulam. And then he would give Hidayah to whom he loves. And not that he's like racist or anti-me, but he doesn't know me. I'm a random black slave, Ethiopian slave. And uh, he doesn't know me. I'm not connected to him. So would I be in the end of the line? or Would I ever get Hidayah? I don't know. But Allah has given Hidayah to himself, and he's chosen to give me Hidayah so I'm so thankful that Allah has kept his eye with himself and he has guided me this ayah was revealed when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asking Abu Talib his dear uncle Abu father passed away before he was born, his mother passed away when he was six his grandfather passed away when he was eight from the age of eight, Abdul Muttalib when he passed away all the way to the age of forty prophethood and after prophethood for ten years till the age of fifty till the age of Amul Husn, the year of grief till the age of fifty who was supporting him? Abu Talib he performed his nikah with Khadija radiallahu anha. So he was telling him, oh my dear uncle, please say the kalima in my ear. I'll present it as evidence in the court of Allah that you said the kalimah in my ear. He said, no, no, no. What are the women of Quraysh gonna say that I left the deen of my forefathers and I follow my nephew? Even though he permitted his son Ali to follow Rasulullah sallallahu And there's a qasida in a poem that, uh, that the deen of Muhammad is a great, great deen but he did not accept it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consoled Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa that you cannot give hidayah to whom you wish, وَلَكِنَ اللَّهِ هَدِيمًا يَشَاءً Allah grants hidayah to whom he wishes. So this is a consolation for all of us yawm al الْقِيَامَةِ That if we are trying our best with our kids, we are trying our best with our family, we are trying, you know, as Muslim born parents, we are trying with our kids. As convert, converts, they are trying with our, their parents. Converts and reverts, always the biggest desire of a revert is what? My, how can my parents get Hidayah? The biggest desire of a born Muslim is what? How can my kids remain on Hidayah? Allah. So, who the Sahaba were all what? Reverts. Majority. Except for the few second generation Sahaba. Few third generation. Few, not few, only one fourth generation. The only one example in the entire galaxy of four generations are Sahaba. Not Mu'min, but Sahabi. Are Abu Bakr. His father, himself, his son, and grandson. So he had the desire for his father too. And finally in the... Uh, in, in the Fatih Makkah in the um, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he brought his father to Rasulullah to recite the Kalima old 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 man and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi he was very he recited the Kalima Nabi Sallallahu said why did you bring him here I would have gone to uncle myself he's so old he's blind and he said no he has to come to you take Shahada and then he took Shahada he was initially happy then he started breaking down crying told Abu Bakr, why are you crying, it's the happiest day, your father accepted Islam. He said, I'm crying because your desire was your uncle accepted Islam and Allah Ta'ala did not grant him hidayah. My desire was Abu Bakr accepted Islam, Allah granted, my Abu Qafa, my father accepted Islam, he got. It. Wallahi, I wish that if I could change, you know, if there was a w- possible way to make a deal with Allah, that oh Allah, you know, you grant hidayah to Abu Talib at, at, and, at the cost of Abu Qafa not getting hidayah. I would be more happy with that, because it pleases me that your desire is fulfilled more than my desire being fulfilled and he was crying and crying. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did not say you're exaggerating or lying." He said, sadaqta, sadaqta. O Abu Bakr, you are true in your claim. That is truly how much you love me. That you would prefer my desire being fulfilled over your own desire. Just like in the time of Hijrah when you were drinking, when you gave me the milk and I was drinking it from that emaciated goat in the middle of the desert of Umm Ma'abad that was starving and about to die. And, and they said, Rasulullah asked, but can I milk your goat? She said, don't you see he's about to die? Where are you gonna get milk from this one? He said, I didn't ask you about that one. I just asked you permission. He said, okay, go ahead, be my guest. So he milked it with his noble hands and the whole bowl got filled with milk. So he drank, and Abu Bakr said drink. He said, yeah, Abu Bakr, you drink. He said, no, you drink, ya Rasulullah. He drank second time. Abu Bakr, your turn, no, you drink. Three times. Then he said, typically you drink three times. He said, now, now it's your turn, it's fourth time. He said, no, no, you drink. Why you want me to drink, Ya Rasulullah? If you want me to become my thirst to be quenched, for me to get energy, for me to be happy, then Wallahi Al when I see you drinking it, it quenches my thirst more. When I see you drinking it, it makes me more happy than I drink myself. Right? So this is the true love, Sadaqta. So SubhanAllah, and then we will, um, I think it's about time, we should end it right now. But this is i was going to continue this till the end of the record. I was trying my best to go fast. However, inshallah, I think we should pick it up from here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us hidayah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to thank Allah ta'ala for the hidayah. Which hidayah? We want the hidayah that not just shows us the path. Path has been shown. Actually, there's three levels of hidayah. First level of hidayah is just that you do uh, worldly things. Allah created every single thing and gave it a basic level of hidayah. Oh electron, you orbit around the nucleus, right? So every mineral, every living, non-living thing. He created everything. Every makhluk has a level of hidayah. That's bottom level hidayah. Second level of hidayah is that He shows you the right path. Third level of hidayah is He takes you all the way to the destination. That's what we're asking. Allahu mahdina siratul mustaqim. Or surah al Fatiha, When we're asking Allah for hidayah, which hidayah we're we asking for? You know, that's why if, it's a very interesting study. Go open all the English translations, Urdu translation, whatever language you know translations. You'll see such a diversion in the. Tra- Some of them will say, "Show us a straight path." Some will say, "Guide us on a straight path." But the actual best-case scenario that you want for Surah al is, Oh Allah, not only show us and guide us, take us along, take us all the way on the straight path towards You. Don't just show us the way, the direction. But take us on the straight path all the way till the, till the end. What, what is the end? Right. Get to the pleasure of Allah, that's the greatest thing. We want the pleasure of Allah. Pleasure of Allah is in Jannah. Therefore we want Jannah too. But the actual objective is wajh Allah. The only thing we're seeking is the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me and you and all of us His pleasure. Keep us steadfast on the straight path. Alhamdulillah, Allah, الله ala على Muhammad, Allah, ala Allah, Allah, O Allah, O Allah, O Allah, grant us to fasten on Iman, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allah us to Allah and have a good understanding of the Quran, Ya Rabbil Alameen. We are all these brothers and sisters who came out to learn the Quran and the meaning of the Quran, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, O Allah, fill our hearts with Nur, fill our eyes with Nur, fill our minds and and brains with Nur, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Fill every cell of our body with Nur, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, remove the darknesses of our heart, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, O Allah, shower mercy upon us, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, All the Muslims that are suffering throughout the world, all the weak and oppressed ones, O Allah, grant them relief from their suffering, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Elevate their status, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O Allah, do not test us as you have tested them, Ya Rabbul Alameen. SubhanAllah, Rabbul Alameen.